a way maker. Sometimes I wish that I could put into words what I sense in my heart and what I sense in my spirit. And sometimes I can't explain it too much because I want to burst into tears because the overwhelming love that God has for yeah. you today is you can't explain it. Yes. You know, you think of the action films, you think of the love stories and the and the yearning and the wanting and the chasing and the doing and the working out to try and save that person, to try and bring back that loved one. That is God over you. Waymaker, healer, God of the breakthrough, God of the salvation, God who loves you and is drawing you towards Him this morning. He loves you. He's not a harsh God with His big stick going, I've seen what you've done this week. I saw that, that road rage or, you know, that swear word or whatever it is. No, no, when our hearts are open, when our hearts are open and we're just here going, God, oh my gosh, I wish you could just, He loves it and He loves you. Yeah. He loves you. You are His kids, His baby boy and His baby girl. He joys over you. He joys over you. Anyway, that's not my message this morning. Are you good? Sorry, I get a little bit passionate sometimes. But I just would love you to understand that this morning before we get into the Word. God loves you. He joys over you. And He's working on your behalf all the time. All the time. Even when you don't even think about Him or care about Him in your week, He's still working for you. (laughs) Isn't that incredible? And it's got nothing to do with what we do or don't do. He just loves us. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person here this morning. The people watching online, good morning. I just pray for them as well. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you that you do so much more for us than we can ever see or imagine because you love us. And we thank you for that this morning. We welcome you here in this place, Lord. We welcome you. For someone who's so for us, we welcome you. So Lord, let our hearts and our minds be open as we lean into your word, as we lean into your presence this morning. We thank you. Thank you that you chose us. Thank you that you redeemed us and you made a way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Well, good morning. Hi, Mom, if you're watching. I love it. She's awesome. I'll get a message later about what she likes about what I'm wearing. It's awesome. It's cool. She's a bit of a fashionista, as I've said before. Um, But those of you who know me well know that I love gardening. (laughs) I'm certainly not an expert, but I love to create and provide a space where things can grow and flourish. You know, here are some... Photos of the flowers that I've had this season. Aren't they beautiful? I'm so blessed. I love gardening. It's my happy place. If I want to have my happy place, it's in my garden. I love to plant. I love to weed. Yes, I know I'm weird. And I love to water the garden. There's nothing more therapeutic than 
walking around your garden in the afternoon with the, with the hose and just looking and it's beautiful. I love being in the green space. I love seeing the life that the garden produces. You know, there's lots of bees, lots of birds, bugs and spiders. They're in the plenty at my house. And, you know, this time of year as you wander around the garden, you can hear the scurrying of the little lizards as they're ducking for cover as you walk past. It's such a joy. (laughs) But you know what? The garden looking good doesn't come just by thinking about it or just watching it. You know, to produce a lovely garden takes work, takes effort. And I guess, you know, it's what you call tending and I find great joy in tending my garden. (laughs) But you know what? All that time and energy, the results pay off, don't they? A fruitful, flourishing garden that produces life, gives shelter and sustains life. You know, when there's tending a garden, there's a few aspects to tending your garden if you want to produce beautiful things. You've got to plant your plant in the right conditions. You have to fertilise your garden. You have to water your garden. You have to weed your garden and you have to prune it. These are so the plants will flower and fruit well and have the best opportunity to grow. You know, sometimes when I do messages, I try and draw from what I know. So I know a little bit about gardening. But I thought, what a great parallel to our lives, tending the garden. So today, I just want to draw from some of these aspects and apply it to our life. So I've called today's message, Tending the Garden. So at the end of the day, if nothing else, you'll pick up some gardening tips. (laughs) And shout out to Pastor Ray and his wife, Diane. They're my work colleagues. They're here today. They've braved it. Bless you guys. Hope you're having a good morning. They're a lovely couple. Please make sure you say hello to them. And anybody else who's visiting today, welcome. We'd love to have you here today. So the first point I mentioned is planting in the right conditions. This is a picture of my backyard. So gardening 101 is make sure you plant in the right conditions. So what does this mean? The soil has to be the right type. The position has to be the right type for the sun and getting water and rain. You know, if a plant isn't planted in the right conditions, it can be stunted. You know, you've got to think about in the wild, you know, bonsais. You know, they're not in the best position, so they're stunted. They don't grow to their full potential. And sometimes, if it's not planted in the right conditions, it might even die. And um, I've got a slide of some pictures here of some plants in my garden that aren't planted in the right conditions. So the one on the left, which is the fern, my brother gave that to me, so please don't tell him. It's not looking so good. And the other one's a bit burnt. That's a bromeliad, if anybody knows what that is. So the first and foremost important part is having the right conditions in our lives. You know, if we're drawing a parallel. And that is our relationship with God. You know, being fruitful and reaching our full potential comes from our relationship with God. You know, he is our master gardener. He's the one that provides the right conditions. So my question to you this morning is, are you in the right place? 
Are you in the right conditions to grow? Have you aligned yourself with the master gardener so that you can flourish in life? If you aren't or you've wandered off, the beautiful thing is that today you can change that. You know, we buy plants from nurseries all the time and we transplant them straight into our garden into the right conditions. You know, God can do that with your life if we let him. You know, God is our master gardener and he loves us and he wants to nurture us and tend to us. He's actually given us every opportunity to be in the right conditions. He who did not spare his own son has given us all things in this life to do well, to flourish. The Bible talks about his goodness and his mercy follows us all the days of our lives that our cups overflow, Psalm 23 says. 2 Peter 1.3 tells us that God, by God's divine power, he has given us everything, everything, not just a little bit, not just a, a small amount or a cookie crumb, everything we need for living a godly life. Ephesians 1.3 tells us that when we are united with Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. God loves it when we flourish. You know that joy that, that you get when you see a beautiful flower in the garden? That's like the joy he has from, for us as we live the life that he's called us to. And you know, this is how my crazy mind works. I have this beautiful gum tree next to my house and I thought, what if that gum tree just decided it didn't want to live there anymore? And it uprooted itself and plonked itself in the middle of the road. Well, it's not the best place for the tree, is it? You know, imagine if it thought to itself, I'll just live here from now on. <laughs> not only is the road not ideal, it's not going to give it the, you know, optimum opportunity to grow. But because it's a road, it's also a little bit hazardous. But you know what? We often do that to God, don't we? We uproot ourselves, we plant, uh, you know, plant ourselves in conditions that you know, aren't sustainable or conducive to us flourishing. You know, sometimes they can even be a little bit hazardous. We can think, oh, this will be all right, she'll be all right, mate. This looks good over here. And then we wonder why things aren't going so well. We stop flourishing and we even start to go backwards in life. I know it's a simple example that I just shared about the gum tree, but it's a clear one. And my heart this morning is don't uproot yourself into unsuitable conditions. Stay where the conditions are right, in God, in Christ. You know, the Bible reminds us of the benefit of being in the right conditions. Matthew 13, 8. We know, or maybe some of us aren't so familiar, there's a story here about different seeds falling in different places. And Matthew 13, 8 tells us, Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a good crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. The right conditions. Ephesians three seventeen. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts, the right conditions, as you trust in him. And then what happens? Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. Colossians 2 7, let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him, the right conditions. The faith, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. 
the right conditions is being planted and rooted in a relationship with the master gardener and that is our heavenly father. This is the most beneficial place for us to, to grow, to stay strong and to flourish. Amen. You know, I feel really sad when a plant in my garden dies if the conditions haven't been right and you know what, it kind of reminds me of how God must feel when he looks at our life, when we don't choose the right conditions. You know, we can struggle and shrivel up and, and, and be lessened and be, even become spiritually dead. And this is the greatest tragedy. God's will is not for us to be in that place. And so my encouragement to you is, this, is keep yourself planted in the right conditions. Don't reject the master gardener and all that he has provided for you. He loves you. When you're planted in the right conditions, it means that your foundation for growth is firm. And here, um, the next slide, if it comes up, these are the beautiful flannel flowers that were up at the top of the mountain. They had the right conditions. And look at them, they're beautiful. It was like a carpet when we went up there. <laughs> And they're flourishing. And just on a side note, ponder this. Their right conditions came after a fire. (laughs) Sometimes that is for us. When you're in the right conditions that is in God, your life shines like these flowers do, bringing joy, life and fruitfulness. The second point this morning is fertilising. Fertiliser is really important for the garden. It helps bring nutrients to the plant for balanced growth. It helps bring plant growth, health rather. And I didn't realise this, but fertiliser actually helps a plant be disease resistant. Think about the parallel here for a minute. And a fertiliser helps bring plant productivity. And you know what fertilising is for us? It's the word of God. It's our spiritual fertiliser. The word of God is like fertiliser for our lives. It helps us to grow and be healthy. The word of God helps us to stand strong against the things in this world that can take us out. It helps us to be fruitful in all that we do. You know, Jesus even teaches us about the importance of the word of God. And there's this cool little analogy that he gives in Luke 6, 47. I'll show you what it is like when someone comes to me listens to my teaching and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floodwaters sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. See, the word of God is like the fertiliser in our lives, that foundation It's important that we have it. Without the word of God and the outworking of it in our lives, you know, we're subject to the issues of life that can easily overwhelm us. And I've got the YouVersion Bible app. It's great. And um, was it last week or the week before, there was Rick Warren on it. And he spoke about the word of God. And he spoke from 2 Timothy 3.16. And the NLT says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. What makes us realise what is wrong in our lives and it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 
Now, some of us might be more familiar with the version that says, you know, um, all scripture is God-breathed and for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training. But Rick put it like this, and I really love this explanation. So the word of God shows us the path to walk on. Shows us what is true, like this scripture says. The word of God rebukes. That is, it shows us how we got off the path. (laughs) Who needs that sometimes? I do. Shows us where we've gone wrong. The word of God corrects. Shows us how to get back on the path. (laughs) And the word of God trains. Shows us how to stay on the path. The word of God, our spiritual fertiliser. Thank you, Rick Warren, for that explanation because I love it. The word of God is that richness of nutrients in the spirit that is so, ne- so necessary for us to grow, to stay healthy and to resist and fight the issues of life. And I've just got a slide here of some plants in my garden that are thriving, they're flourishing. There's some lavender there, a bird's nest fern and an elk horn. They're thriving, look how green and lush they are, because there is, a, there is access to nutrients, that fertiliser. They're as abundant. They're strong. When we have the word of God in our lives, when we fertilise our soul and our spirit with the word of God, when we lean on his promises and meditate on the word of God in our lives, we can be strong and thrive and flourish. These are plants I know, but that's how we can be on the inside. That's what we can be like in our lives. You know, in the Psalms, there's a great Psalm 119. It's a long one. But the writer in that psalm speaks a lot about God and his word and his commandments. And I just want to give some little um, examples of what the writer is saying about God and his word. Verse 1 tells us that joy comes from following the word of God. Verse 9 helps to stay pure. Verse 11 keeps us from sin. Verse 24 gives us wise advice. Verse 25 and onwards revives, gives understanding, gives life. Verse 45, walk in freedom. Verse 74 brings hope. Verse 89, God's word is eternal. It's not temporary. It's not a one-hit wonder. Verse 93, God's word brings life. I think I said that already. But there you go again. Verse 105 is one that we know very well. Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word is a fertiliser for our lives. I've got to keep cracking. Now, I know that sometimes there is a discipline needed into getting into the word of God. But, you know, we don't have to live like that. We can just start a little bit at a time. As we do, we can have health and vitality like these plants. You know, if we've lost that connection with the word of God, God is so good. Today we can start anew. He doesn't hold yesterday against us or even this morning. You know, working for Voice of the Martyrs where we support persecuted Christians, I've learned how precious the word of God is to those who don't even have the luxury of holding a Bible. You know, they have one page and it gets rewritten and shared around a village. They have one scripture and God is using people with this tiny little bit of his word to be pastors and leaders and, you know. But today, that's as simple as it needs to be for us. One passage, one verse, 
God is not after theologians and praise God that there are out there theologians. But he's not after theologians. He's after our heart. And that willingness to engage with him. So today, let that be a start in your life. Today is a new day. His mercies are new every day. Start today. Let it be that fertiliser in your life that it's meant to be. Engage with word and God and his word. My third point this morning is watering. We need to water the garden. You might ask why. Here's a big word for you. Photosynthesise. It helps a plant to do that. It helps a plant to take the nutrients and absorb it. And they convert that energy from the sun and the nutrients into a release of oxygen. (laughs) Think about the parallel there. Without the water, plants can't do that process sufficiently. They can suffer, be limited in their potential to fruit, flower or grow. Um, The next slide is a plant that looks a little bit sad. It says, what happens when you don't water your plants? The Holy Spirit is like water for us in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in and through us from God and helps transform our humanness into something supernatural and the result is the outworking of that. The fruit of that is that we become more like Christ. We emit the fragrance of Christ and become the salt and the light to those around us. You know, Acts talks about the Holy Spirit being baptised. There's like a soaking and a drenching. Everyone was filled. There was an outpouring in chapter 2. And if you remember the previous point about fertilising, fertiliser brings nutrients to the plant and water helps absorb the nutrients. So we have the word of God, which is the fertiliser. Then we have the Holy Spirit, the water. Then we can easily say that the Holy Spirit helps us absorb and impart our spirits with the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us understand the word of God. It reveals to us what God is saying. 1 Corinthians 2, and we have received God's spirit Not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit. That's the outworking when the the word of God and the Holy Spirit is combined. The outworking helps to produce that fruit. In our walk with God, we we really can't have one without the other. You know, my mum always said to me growing up, you know, she was one of the key people that helped me learn about gardening. Don't just put fertiliser on the garden. You've got to water it in, otherwise it will burn the plant. And how often do we see the word of God without the Holy Spirit? And it can be a little bit burning. We might have even been on the receiving end. It can cause harm. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that is our partner in life, our companion, our counterpart in all we do. And there's a picture here of, now of a strawberry plant. Emmeline got to eat the first one and it was gone before I could even... <laughs> gone. You know, I fertilised this plant. I watered it. I used sea salt, if anyone's interested. And now it's producing fruit. It's the outworking. And the Holy Spirit is so gentle and willing to help us along the way. And you can help him. Uh, You can help him. You can help him. Uh, (laughs) He can help you is what I meant to say. You know, anything that you're struggling with in life 
you know what I'm trying to say, I need to put my other teeth in. But you know what I mean? Like if you're struggling with something, ask him. If you want to be infilled, he can fill you like he did back in Acts. That wasn't a one-hit wonder either. The Holy Spirit is there to help us and he's a gift from God. Like any gift that we receive, it's our choice to use it. Fourth point, weeding. It's a necessary part of the process. <laughs> Weeds are a plant in the wrong spot, as my husband always says. You know, they can take over. They're invasive, they're opportunistic, and they strangle and prohibit the growth of other plants. I find weeding quite therapeutic. Weird, I know. And there's a picture of some weeds in my garden. Grass that's growing in the wrong spot. And if I don't deal with that, then nothing's going to grow underneath it well. It'll just take over. And the little bottom picture, you can't really see it, but think about the parallel of this. That's some clover. From the outset, it looks healthy and normal. (laughs) But it's very subtle. It's very subtle, that weed. So so it is with the things in our lives that aren't of God. We need to get rid of them. They could be attitudes, bad habits, speech. Maybe our work ethic has slipped. Maybe we're focusing on other things and putting things above the things of God. But if left unchecked, they'll take over. Back to that parable about the seeds in Matthew. Some of those seeds fell among the thorns. And the lure of wealth and the worries of life cause them to not flourish. So what are the weeds in your life? Jesus, he talks about worry and the lure of wealth in Matthew. But have a think about what it could be in your life. You know, a few weeks ago when I spoke on, you know, the passage, our our, our mandate for this year to become stronger and stronger, I talked about clean hands. We need to do some hand washing. How'd you go with that? Did God speak to you? Did you get any breakthrough? I did. I spent some time in worship and I felt a breakthrough in in an area of my life. I encourage you today, if you haven't had the breakthrough, keep on going. Don't give up because God has great things in store for you as you break free from those things. Do some weeding. Wash those hands. Don't let those things take over. It's a good good time this morning to ask and pause, ask God and pause either for the first time or again God what is it that have crept in my life that need to go and the key is removing them before they take hold the last point this morning real quick and I'm running out of time are you okay I've got a little bit more to do are you okay pruning Pruning is the process of cutting and removing dead or live branches from a tree or shrub so that it has more opportunity to yield a greater harvest of fruit. And, you know, we read that passage in John 15 about the vine being cut, the fruitful vine being cut so that it produces more fruit. And I'm like, I, don't, I get that it, it produces more fruit, but why? Like, I did, So I decided to Google it. <laughs> So in terms of fruiting tree, it's all about fruit production, ensuring that the best fruiting parts have the opportunity to grow and fruit. So even though a fruiting branch is cut off, it may not be the best fruiting branch. 
Branches are pruned so that the optimal branches have greater access to all the nutrients and sunshine and opportunity to photosynthesize. So that next time the fruit is greater. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. We've sometimes got fruitfulness in our life, don't we? And all of a sudden it gets cut off and we think, You know, maybe you got a promotion right before COVID and you're like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And then halfway through you lose it and you think, okay. But God streamlines us sometimes, closes the door that is seemingly the opportunity we've been waiting for. However, if those areas of our lives are not producing the fruit that are best, then something has got to go. This is so that our time and our energy and our focus can be in the right area to produce the best fruit. The la- one of the last pictures here is of my apple tree. We absolutely hacked it earlier this year and now it's producing fruit. It's even produced fruit earlier this year than it ever has done before and I think it's because we pruned it. Allow that process of pruning in God. Allow Him to deal with those areas. Allow Him to let go of those seemingly fruitful things so that you can bear more fruit. It's necessary. You know, it's our job to trust God and trust that He has our best interest at heart. So are you ready to tend the garden? Plant in the right conditions. Be planted in the right conditions. Fertilize, get into the Word of God. Water, allow the Holy Spirit in to help you and guide you. Get rid of the weeds and do some pruning or allow that process of pruning to happen. When all of these are in place and you look back on your life, wow, wow, see what God can do. My, my last scripture and then I'll... Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence, right conditions. They are like trees planted on the riverbed with roots that reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by long months of drought. There's the word of God protects us from things that can overtake us. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. When I'm 80 or 90 or however old I am, I want to be that tree. And the last slide here with the pretty flowers and the life, abundant fruitfulness, providing shelter, giving out life and life to the full. Amen. Why don't you stand and I'll quickly pray. Thank you for being patient. Hopefully that was a good word this morning. So we just close our eyes and it's not because it's a super spiritual religious thing to do. It's because we give privacy to the person next to us. And I'd just love to pray this morning, firstly, for people who aren't planted in the right conditions. And we pray a simple prayer to ask God back into our hearts and into our lives. He is the master gardener and he wants you planted in the right position. And if this morning you're like, yes, that's me, either for the first time or you know, again and again and again. Amen to that. 
And I'd love to pray this prayer together, if we can. Dear Jesus, thank you for being the Master Gardener. Sorry for not being with you and living my life for you. Today, help me be planted in the right conditions. I ask you to come into my life. In Jesus' name. And those of you who are in any of one of those other seasons, whether reconnecting with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, whether you've got some pruning and some weeding to do, let me just pray for you and those that are watching online. God, I just thank you for each and every person here this morning. Thank you for your Word, that challenge or that encouragement, God. We need you in all these areas of our life. Help us to to be in your word, to connect with it, to engage in it. Holy Spirit, come fill us afresh and help us understand what the word says. Help us to live our lives according to the word of God. Help us to share the word of God with love and compassion. Help us to be fruitful in the Holy Spirit. God, those areas of our life that need dealing with God, help us, give us the courage to let go. Because sometimes those things can be comfortable. Help us. Give us strength to let go. God, give us hope that there is more than on the other side when we do let go. God, that there is no lack in you, God. You are not a God of lack, but God of abundance, a God of fruitfulness, a God of life and a God of joy and overflowing. This morning, I pray for overflowing in and through people's lives as they commit to this process, God, as they tend the garden in inverted commas in their own world and in their own life. God, and I pray that fruitfulness will permeate in every aspect, in their health and in their mind and in their families and in their workplace and everywhere they go, that they would just reflect and emit your fragrance, God, that they would be that shelter and that comfort in a situation and a circumstance just thank you God that you love us we thank you God that you're with us and we commit this morning to you and the process that will happen from here on in in Jesus mighty name amen